Welcome to the Myokinetic Podcast. This is a place where you can find hope to help you overcome your pain and injury. I'm your host, Dr. Natty Vandersack. Okay, everyone, welcome to the Myokinetics Podcast. Today we have an awesome guest, very special, my very first patient at Myokinetics, Brett Newcomb. Brett is a senior at Cedar Grove High School. He is a three-sport athlete. Uh, he played baseball, football, basketball, and now he just committed to go play baseball as a pitcher at the Michigan College, Go Chargers, um, where I went to PT school. So I met Brett back when we first started uh, the clinic, when I first started Myokinetic at, in 2018, where he came in to rehab his uh, shoulder and elbow from uh, a throwing injury. And ever since then, you know, uh, we work with each other on and off, but it went, it transitioned from more of a rehab perspective into more of a prehab and maintenance arm care um, situation. So, you know, I want to get him on the show just to hear his perspective, how he, he's able to stay healthy throughout his whole uh, athletic career and how he's able to get himself uh, to Division Two baseball and why he made that decision on joining uh, Division Two baseball. So, hey, Brett, welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, bro. So, um, you want to tell our listener a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah. So, I'm a senior at Cedar Grove High School. I played baseball, football, basketball my whole life. But uh, this year, I started focusing on baseball. Um, I just committed to Dominican as a uh, pitcher and third baseman, which is a D2 school in New York. And, uh, yeah, I started working with Natty, I think, my sophomore year. I hurt my shoulder. Couldn't throw for a while. I was bouncing bouncing around between doctors, getting MRIs, x-rays, stuff like that. Nobody could really tell me what was wrong with it. And then I ended up going to Natty. Uh, I wasn't throwing for, like, a month. Went to him. I was throwing within the next couple of weeks, two, three weeks. And I was back on the mound better than ever. Awesome, man. So let's get right into it. So, you know, at first, when you, that, that was your first real injury, from what I recall. Uh, yeah, I never really had any problems with injuries up until that point. Yeah, my throwing shoulder. Mm-hmm. So, you know, since your first injury, what was the first thing that went through your mind? I mean, were you freaking out? You think this that's with it? Like, how, how do you cope with that? Yeah, I mean, obviously, as a pitcher, when something's wrong with your throwing arm, throwing shoulder, like, it's scary. I didn't, you know, I didn't want my season to be shut down or anything like that, especially, like, with recruiting and everything. That's a big year. So, I mean, I was definitely scared, but, I mean, I didn't think it was too serious. I mean, at least I was hoping it wasn't too serious, and it ended up not being that bad. So, I mean, it was scary, but nothing too bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I remember, I mean, we work a lot on just your throwing mechanic and just, like, refine certain detail. And, you know, I think the biggest thing is, like, I think during that time you shot up. Like, you definitely got a lot taller. So, I think we spent a lot of time just getting, yeah getting you to know your body once again because the way you throw when you're like 5'7 versus the way you throw when you're like 5'11 pushing 6 foot is completely different right would you agree mm-hmm. yeah definitely what kind of uh, changes do you have to make mentally in order to adapt um, to those those growth I mean I think it's the biggest thing is that like you have to understand that you do have to start throwing different like um when you're when you're younger you don't really have to worry about your arm i mean it's fresh it's ready to go but once you get older and you're throwing a lot more throwing harder as well like you kind of got to realize that like 
if you don't start using your whole body and just taking some pressure off your arm, you're going to get hurt, and there's nothing you could really do about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the biggest thing we preached was, like, you know, everything is, is, is leg, core, hip-driven, right? And then your arm is, is, is kind of there. So, like, the analogy I always like to use is that your arm is, is a waiter, right? The waiter bring you food. The food is the ball, mm -hmm. right? But mm -hmm. the waiter is not the one cooking all the food. Like, your core, your hips, your legs... All that stuff, that's the kitchen. That's the one that make all the food happen, right? Yeah. So I remember, like, all we did was, like, just crushing legs. Legs and core nonstop. And then, you know, we'll do some, some arm care, soft tissue stuff. Uh, and then from there, I, I, you never show up on, like, an injury base. And you were always on top of your game as far as, like, if you feel something and something doesn't feel right, you're, like, you'll hit me up right away, like, hey, I need to get in. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's kind of, I think that's something you got to do. You got to know your body. If it's not, if it doesn't feel right, you got to get it back on track or else you could hurt it even more, hurt it again. Well, how do you get into that mindset, man? Because, I mean, at that age, you're like 16 years old. How how do you hold yourself accountable? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just like, obviously I've been playing baseball my whole life. So I know like, if my arm feels good, it feels good. If not, like, I'll know something's wrong because, you know, I've been playing forever. So I think you just, it's just learning your body, learning how it should feel, how it shouldn't feel. And overall, just like having an understanding of like how it should feel in, in game shape. And I think your dad also, like, he's, he's a really good, you know, supporter with, with this whole career that you have and the success that you have, Definitely. you know, mm -hmm. um, he definitely pushed you forward, and he's always stay on top of the thing. Um, what kind of influence did he have on you as far as, like, you becoming the athlete that you are now? Um, well, actually, he was a very good baseball player, too, and he ended up having to cut his career, I guess, short because of an arm injury. So he just didn't want to see me go down that same path. So he was always on top of, you know, my arm care, keeping my arm ready, keeping it right because he didn't want me to go down the same path as him having to cut my career short because of an arm injury like he did. Well, I did not know that. I mean, the, the amount of time I talked to Jerry, he did not mention that. At All right, so the question I wanted to ask you was, um, you know, as far as off-season training go, because to me that's, that's very important. That's where you get to really dial back some intensity and, you know, give, give your arms some rest, give your body some rest, and allow some... Uh, some time for you to miss the sport so like just talk to me about like what do you usually do for your off season yeah i mean like this year i didn't really have much of an off season because i was playing pretty deep into the fall but i mean i still obviously need one i took i mean a couple weeks off just shut down and then from there i mean i just started lifting again building up the strength mostly in the legs um uh still doing arm care of course doing bands staying ready because i mean the biggest thing is preventing injuries so yeah i just started lifting and heavy after a couple of weeks of being shut down and then didn't throw and then i started throwing again probably i shut down for probably about a month and started throwing again but my arm's still ready because i was doing all my arm care stuff uh yeah that's pretty much it yeah and one one thing you know i like to educate all all our athletes is like you know if you, you want to make sure your arm have the capacity to go through whatever inning, like four, you know, five to six inning. But that doesn't mean you should, right? But to have the capacity to do so, it's great to, to have that reserve. It's like mm -hmm. if you go on a road trip, 
you want to have enough gas for you to get there, right? You want to have a little bit more on the reserve just in case you take a detour, right? Because mm-hmm. you just don't know. So it's it's good to just have that as a baseline. So and to me, strength strength is the biggest insurance you can get to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, you you you've been fortunate and you've been very diligent in taking care of yourself. So that way you don't really um, have to deal with so much uh, injury. Right. Um, so, and another thing that I love is that you you play basketball and you play football. So, how do you think you playing different sport help you as far as uh, baseball? Um, I think it just all builds up athleticism. Like I played football, I played basketball, and it's all completely different movements, completely different sports. So it just helps in overall athleticism, whether I'm like off the mound, hitting third base. Like athleticism helps; it always will help. And I mean. Other than that, like, competitiveness as well. Like, I just have always been really competitive because I played a lot of sports. Never like to lose. I mean, nobody does. So it helps with athleticism. It also helps with, like, you know, letting, like, my I don't have to throw. Like, I, like, I did play quarterback, but it's a whole different throwing motion. So my arm, while I'm still throwing, it still is resting pretty much. And also in the winter, basketball, I'm not throwing at all. So, I mean, it's recovery, it's athleticism, it's competitiveness. It really just helps with everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, since you mentioned quarterback and you're you're also a pitcher, so do, do you like those kind of positions? Because that's a lot of pressure, man. You really think about it. Like, how yeah, do you mentally no, deal I with mean, that? Yeah, I mean, I played them my whole life, so it's kind of something like it's not really like I, I had so much fun playing like playing quarterback. I had so much fun pitching. So I mean, you kind of just like you don't really think about it. Like, yeah, it is technically a lot of pressure but i mean when you're having fun when you love doing it like it's not really you don't really think about the pressure that comes with it it's more just like any other position playing any sport and what happened if you let's say you, you obviously you suffer a loss nobody likes to lose how do you what do you learn from from losses and how do you what, what what's your takeaway yeah, i mean i think most of the lessons come from losses like they kind of didn't when i got hurt like i didn't know how important like prehab was i didn't know how important arm care and things like that were so i mean you kind of like like that stuff that you taught me that stuff that i didn't know it's kind of the same with losses like there's always things that you could go back and do better but i mean it's kind of just move you gotta have a move forward and uh you know get yourself better so you don't keep repeating the losing cycle mm-hmm. okay well listen man you have a little brother right so um, I'm sure you're, you're helping him a lot. Uh, what are some of the stuff you, 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 you're helping your little brother with? Because, you know, I'm sure we're going to have people who listen to this podcast who are in the same age as Ty. Yeah, I mean, Ty, he's like me. He hates to lose. He's very competitive. I mean, he'll hug it. He gets, he's as hard as him, on himself as anyone else. So, I mean, I'm just kind of trying to help him with, uh, you know, staying level. You can't really let the losses hurt you too much. But, I mean, as far like, he's a quarterback, too. Like, I played, so I could help him there a lot, get, teach him everything that I learned throughout my years of playing. As far as baseball, I mean, he's a catcher. I never caught in my life. So, I mean, it's tough from that aspect. But, I mean, as far as the competitiveness and the, the lessons and stuff like that, I could always help him with that. But, I mean, the catching mechanics, stuff like that, that that's on him. i never, uh, never been through that. Well, let's see where his pop time going to be uh, a couple of years from now. Right, yeah, it should be good. Um, all right, so now walk me through about this whole uh, recruiting process and the whole commitment process with uh, with Dominican. 
yeah, so I um you know, I talked to some schools last summer, this fall, and um I never really found like a home that I really was like interested in going to and then they um the coach contacted me pretty late actually, probably about the spring. Maybe maybe the like late winter, early spring. And um you know, he talked, he uh, told me about the school. I was interested in it. Obviously, it was getting late. But, um, yeah, I mean, the school looks really nice. The uh, The team's good. It's a pretty good school. And it just seemed to uh, it seemed to fit me. So, mm-hmm. I mean, as far as the recruiting process, it's kind of it's rough. It's stressful. But once you find the school you want to be at, then, I mean, it feels great. So, you know, obviously, everybody, every athlete have aspirations to play D1. But uh, the reality is, is that let's say if you do get a chance to go D1, like are you going to have the exposure that you would have as a D2? And also, I, I, you, you got to make good academic choices too. Are those schools going to f- meet your academic needs, right? So uh, how, how, how big of a role does that play for you as far as like picking school, as far as picking if the school is able to uh, help you grow in your academic career? Yeah, I mean, obviously, especially for me, like my parents have always been huge on academics. So, like one of the, one of the biggest things in recruiting was academics. I was always the first thing they would think about. As far as you know, D one, D two, it really doesn't matter. You know, I, I talked to a good amount of D one schools, and um, I probably could have you know walked on on one. Maybe if uh, we had a season, I could have had some other opportunities. But I mean, it, it really doesn't matter as long as you're playing as long as you're happy with where you're going mm-hmm. yeah I, I'm, I'm excited to be at dominican i don't really care d1 d2 d3 whatever it is i'm excited to go there it's going to be fun i'm excited to compete it, it really d1 like a lot of people a lot of kids get, i mean i was too you get hung up on the uh on the on the d1 you know you want to post that cool commitment picture on instagram but i mean at the end of the day it really doesn't matter as long as you're happy with the school you're going to Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I learned this from uh, some of my athletes who committed, and they say that one advice I heard is, um, you know, pick a school that you want to go to as if you we were going there just re- as a regular student. Because, you know, and yeah. frankly, if you play contact sport, right, injury could happen, and that could totally end your career. But are you going to be happy there as just a regular student? Yeah, of course. That was a big thing for me. I, I would always tell my dad that I, I want to go to a school that I would want to go to without baseball. So you take baseball aside, like I don't want to go to a school just for baseball. I want to go to a school that I'll be happy with, with or without the, without the sports. So, I mean, that was a big, a big. Yeah, I, I think uh, Dominican's a good place for me. I think I'm gonna like it. That's awesome, man. I went there. You know, it's it's a great school. Great academic uh, school, small, very intimate. And to me, big school is not for everybody. I went to University of Maryland. I love being in that in, in that environment. But I also see friends of mine who couldn't handle that kind of environment. There's a lot of distraction. You're not going to get the one-on-one. Or you're not going to get as much attention as you would in a classroom. So most of it is that it's a lot of like self-learning. Like I, I mean, I read like textbook end-to-end when I was in, in Maryland because – my biology class has 300 kids in it. So, you know, yeah, with smaller school, you're not going to get that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, it's it's a lot. It's very easy to you know, go to one of those big schools and get 
caught up in the environment, lost in the uh, the amount of people. But I mean, I'm I'm happy going to a smaller school. I'm gonna know a lot more people. There's gonna be a um a lot more like uh, togetherness, I guess, because it's a, a smaller class. So I mean, it'll be fun. I don't really have a problem with going to a smaller school like that. Awesome, man. Now, um, so obviously you guys didn't have season uh, this spring, and it was your last year, but. What are some of the positive things you learned not having a season? What have you been doing this whole time? I mean, obviously I wanted to play. It was really tough when we heard that it was going to be completely canceled. I mean, from uh, from the first time we heard that we're going to be off school, I mean, the plan was be out two weeks, come back, get ready for the season in early April. But, I mean, so obviously it kept getting pushed back and pushed back and to the point where it was canceled, I mean, it was tough at first. I wanted to play really bad. I, I was really, I worked really hard. I was really excited to have a good season. But I mean, as far as, I mean, it's not really. Um, the more you think about it, it's not really like that bad. Like I've just been getting ready for college, working out, throwing, building up arm strength, and I mean, like yeah, season would have been awesome. But at the end of the day, like I'm still doing things that are going to help me get ready for the next level and help me get ready for college Mm -hmm. and if you're really passionate about your craft man and you want to be the best you can be like the whole quarantine thing no quarantine thing you should approach it as like you're you know you're you're always gonna wake up and just grind it out and just be a better version of yourself every day so to me if anything this should make you more laser focused rather than distract you from from your real goal yeah definitely I mean um, there's a lot of kids that you know I feel bad for the kids on my team that you know, this was going to be their last season. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, looking back at it, they're, they're done. They could have uh, – they didn't know their last game they were expecting this season. So, you know, I feel for those kids. I mean, I'm lucky enough to be able to be still playing, play at the college level, have another four years. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely tough. Okay. All right, man. Well, listen, before you go, like, it, you know, what was some of the advice that you would love to give yourself back when you were a sophomore, when you <clears throat> start dealing with your, the, the, your first injury in, in your shoulder? Um, the advice I'd like to give, I would, probably, I would probably just tell myself before the injury started to just, you know, do the arm care stuff, get your arm ready, build up the arm strength so that the injury doesn't happen. I mean, if the injury were to happen, just say, you know, work hard you'll get through it it wasn't you know i was lucky enough it wasn't too bad you got you had me back on the mound in a few weeks but um yeah i mean i think a big part of it is the mental side you know you never know you you always have that in the back of your head like i don't want to have this feeling again when i release the ball so but yeah i think it's just uh essentially you know work hard. Mm-hmm. yeah and once you get caught up in that pain cycle man it's really hard to come out and you know as, as, as a pitcher, as a leader, um, it's really hard to second-guess yourself, especially when there's a game on the line because there's a lot of shit on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. Awesome, man. Bro, I really appreciate your time, man. You know, always, you know, I, I got love for you, your whole family, and, you know, if anyone else wants to reach out to you, if they have any questions, what, where can they find you? Uh, my Instagram is brettnukem23. I think my Twitter is brettnukem23 as well. I mean, other than that, you, you could uh, you could say yeah. that's about that's about all I have for social media. 
Awesome, bro. Listen, obviously, I'm going to see you before you head out. And you're going to be down uh, down the road from where I grew up. So I'm definitely going to come by and uh, see you on the mount. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited to see it for you to uh, finally come see me play. <laughs> yeah, I keep saying that, right? But remember, yeah, I'm the worst fan. If you're, if you're doing bad, I'm booing you. I'll take it, man. I'll, <laughs> take, that, I'll take the boost. <laughs> Listen, man, I really appreciate your time. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me, Nanny. Of course, bro. Thank you for listening to our episode. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, let us know what you think, and leave us a review. See you next time.